0: Repod It is presented by Rerouted. Rerouted is an online marketplace where you can buy, sell, or donate your used outdoor gear. If you have gear that's collecting dust in your closet or not being used anymore, please consider selling or donating it on rerouted.co. That's R E R O U T E D.co. Now, on to the Repod It podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Repot It, the rerouted podcast. I'm here flying solo as the host today with our guest, Brandon Olif. Brandon uh, did a really went on a really special trip on the Continental Divide Trail this year, and uh, he wanted to come on the podcast and and share that with all of us. So, Brandon, uh, how's it going, man? You you uh, new chap from from college, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew Chap, Uh, We had a couple of math classes and everything and geology classes together um, in college, yeah, for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, no, uh, when got to hike the Continental Divide Trail, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of miles. Uh, pretty much what you're looking at for the Continental Divide Trail, um, you're looking at roughly, it's in extent like 3,100 miles. Um, But I did probably more around 2800 or a little bit more than that. Um, It's based on kind of the map and everything. It's it's more of like a choose your own adventure trail um, that goes from New Mexico all the way up to Canada. Um, And so with um, all the alternates and other things that I had to take due to snow, wildfires, all of that, I would probably say is around 2800, but normally it's a a 3100 mile backpacking trip.
0: How did uh, how did you have to get diverted because of the fires? That's probably pretty scary around the, those parts yeah. these days.
1: Yeah, it was it was not great. Um, luckily, uh, when they so there was one fire in Steamboat. Um, luckily, I was able to uh get in front of it uh, and didn't have to worry about that at all. But there was one in uh, Montana and Idaho, uh, and that whole border section. They actually rerouted it, and it was like a hundred miles of road walking. So I did get to see a bunch of smaller towns in that area, which was really cool. But yeah, it was definitely uh, nerve wracking when you're in the woods and you, you kind of come out and you have service and then you realize, okay, well, the whole country is pretty much on fire right now. What am I going to do? <laughs> you're
0: you're kind of walking into the belly of the beast and <laughs> trying, yeah. trying to avoid it. Um, well, let, let's go back. We'll, we'll get to, yeah. we'll get to it some more on that trip in, in a second, but, uh, where did you get your, where did you get your start in the outdoors?
1: So starting the outdoors, I'd say it's probably, uh, when I went to college and, uh, at CU Boulder, uh, I studied geology, kind of fell in love with that. Um, took a couple like intro courses, uh, fell in love with rocks. I don't work with rocks anymore in my everyday life, but I would say the backpacking trips and the trips that I took, um, during college, really got me into doing more outdoorsy things. And then uh, after college, I did some conservation work, trail maintenance, and that really pushed me more into the outdoors, doing things with people and alone.
0: Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. How long were you doing that that trail work and and what what kind of organization were you were you working through?
1: So I was I was working through it's it's a youth organization based out of Steamboat, but everyone I worked with they were all over eighteen and everything like that. But it's uh, Rocky Mountain Youth Corps, um, and so I did one season, so that would be three months of trail maintenance, trail building, all of that, um, where we would go out maintain trails, or they would have projects that we'd work with Forest Service where it was building trails, um, and then pretty much when I went back and did that again, I did one more with a fire emphasis. And so that one, I was able to do some wildland firefighting with that one. Um, and it was trail maintenance, but a lot more saw work uh, and cutting trees, maintaining the woods to make sure that if there was a fire, uh, it wasn't going to spread and get crazy.
0: Gotcha. That's uh, that's super cool. And you were mentioning uh, right before we were talking here, recording, uh, that that trail work was definitely uh an impetus for this for the C yeah. trip. Yeah,
1: so it was it was huge. It was um I ended up building uh, part of the Continental Divide trail just north of the Winds. Um and so building part of that trail kind of seeded the idea for me to want to do the Continental Divide. We're out there for a couple weeks building and maintaining and I ended up running across I think like two hikers for those couple weeks. Uh, and it was really cool to be able to talk to them, but really it was building that trail made me want to go back and see how the trail was, if it was maintained, if it was even there, uh, which was, it was pretty nice to be able to walk back on that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so let's go back to, to that trip. Um, how long did it take? How long were you were you kind of planning for it? Was this something that had been on your mind for a while or or last minute? I can't I can't imagine it would be it would be last minute with uh, with something like that. But kind of walk us through the steps that that got you out there and, and how long you were out there.
1: Yeah, so it was um, I was supposed to do this trip last year uh, going southbound and it, I was I was hoping to do it in like five months, six months, but that's kind of the average timeframe uh, that they, that people pretty much say it's going to take. Um, and so it was two years ago, I started planning it. It was like roughly two years ago, um, started kind of figuring out boxes, kind of that sending food to yourself in different locations. Um, and so I would say around two years ago, started looking at it, getting maps, planning, food resupplies, um, kind of where I'm going to get picked up for car rides into town, what towns I'm going to stop at. Um, and that probably, I probably spent about a year planning before I had to cancel my trip last year uh, because of COVID. And with COVID, that kind of made me be like, okay, I got to stop. I got to be careful. We got to figure out what's going on. Um, so I didn't do any long distance hiking until this year. Um, so I would say it probably was around two years of planning when it was only supposed to be one. Um, And for me, I started on April 8th um, and then ended August 29th, roughly, um, if I can remember the dates correctly for my permits and all of that. Um, But I would say it's probably like a good solid year plus of just planning everything. And some people do kind of jump right into it, um, but that ends up costing you a lot more money because it comes to what you're gonna send yourself. And if you send yourself the wrong box to the wrong place, you can end up having to spend a lot more money uh, in these towns.
0: How, uh, how different was the trip that you went on this year than the one that you were planning in, in 2020 or was it pretty much the same?
1: Uh, Completely different. Completely Um, different. Yeah. So it's, I, I plan going southbound. So I had more of the Montana section planned. Um, And then this year, because so, with work, I was only supposed to have only like three months off, honestly. uh, And I thought I would have to end this trip in June. um, So that only I didn't plan as much for New Mexico and Colorado and parts of Wyoming. Um, And so this, this year for me to plan out and have to go northbound, which is a complete flip of the whole trail, it, it threw things off a little bit. So I had more Montana planned. um, than I did the Southern end of this trip. So it was, it was definitely a change. But besides that, I still kind of had an idea of where I was going to send certain things when I needed them. So that didn't change. It was more of just the direction and exactly where I was going to stop. But yeah. Talk about that process
0: of, of sending stuff to yourself. How does the how does the pickup process work? Where where do you, can you send stuff? That's that's interesting. I I hadn't heard of heard of that.
1: So with, with resupplying, it's just uh, there's a lot of grocery stores and stuff along the way that don't accommodate hikers or anything like that. So you really need to kind of get a box together of food, um, how many days you're going to be out. Uh, you kind of factor that in and you get all your food beforehand um, and then you send it out to yourself or you have someone send it to you uh, into the post office or UPS, FedEx, anything like that. Um, But I think with this trail, uh, because there's so many different options of places to go um, compared to like the PCT, that everything's kind of, you've got one trail, you kind of follow that. Or the AT, same idea, you got that one trail, you've got those set towns. Um, The CDT, because it's kind of a choose your own adventure, you've really got to factor in if the town's even gonna have food when you show up or if it's gonna literally be a gas station. Um, so with this trail, it was a lot of kind of, okay, there's this town in New Mexico or this town all the way up in Wyoming. I need to send myself this amount of food, this, how many days I'm going to be in the back country and then kind of factor it in from there. Um, but I don't think you can do this trail without doing like sending yourself a box, honestly. Um, yeah, having, I mean, having, having you were gone. Food
0: you were gone for like four plus months. Like, yeah, it it would be, that's, that's crazy. Um, sorry, I, I interrupted you.
1: Oh no, no, you're, you're, you're good. You you didn't interrupt anything. You're good. (laughs) Well,
0: so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, what were some of your favorite things that you came across on this trip?
1: So besides being able to go back on the trail that I've built, um, the landscape is insane. The it's, you get a huge diversity. So for me, the biggest thing was New Mexico was was insane because you start off like I live in Colorado year round, and you're you're a, I'm, I'm live at like five thousand something feet. And you go to New Mexico, and you're down to like I think it's like three thousand, four thousand. You're 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 a lot lower in elevation, and they drop you off in the desert, and they're like, okay, well, go walk north. Um, and so with New Mexico, I started that. And it was in the desert. There was nothing there. Um, And then once you ended in New Mexico, I was post-holing in waist-deep snow. So it was like the diversity of land was really, really cool. Um, Seeing animals was pretty nice. People I'd run into uh, randomly out there, like I haven't seen anything. I'm like, I just saw a moose back there. (laughs) I just saw like a bear. (laughs) Um, So I did get to see like some moose playing in the water um some moments that you wouldn't see in nature unless you're out there backpacking um i finished up in glacier national park up in montana and that was insane the views are insane the mountains just come out of nowhere um and then another spot that was really cool would probably be like yellowstone it's a national park i'm sorry there's a dog uh national park um, and that just seeing geysers where it's flat and then you've got geysers everywhere and thermal vents, it's, it's crazy, but highlight wise would be animals. And then the diversity of just the land that you get to walk through is gorgeous.
0: If, uh, if somebody wanted to do like a hundred or 150 miles, um, kind of on a stretch of the trail, mm-hmm. what would you recommend for that? Like what area do you think you'd recommend for that?
1: So area wise, uh, on the continental divide, uh, glacier, the going from, uh, pretty much like the park entrance all the way to Canada is around 98 miles. So that's, that's a pretty solid one with great views. Um, the wind river range, uh, in Wyoming is. It's insane. And most people that I've walked with and hiked with were, that was probably pretty much their favorite part. Um, and then one section that I didn't get to do, but I've been over in that area and it's gorgeous. Uh, the San Juan Range in Colorado. Um, I didn't get to go through it just because it was dangerous and there was a lot of snow at that time. Um, but that is one place I would go to. I did an alternate of that one. But those are three mountain ranges that are just you you would you would have some great views.
0: Was this your first time spending like a pretty, I mean, a pretty extended period of time in the outdoor you were, the, you were gone for four months. Have you been on, on super long trips like that? It's, it's a little different being gone for that long than going on like a two week camping trip.
1: Yeah, no, I've never done this before. So it was, it was a crash course and technically what people say is this is the hardest one to tackle um, so I kind of bit off more than I could chew. It, is what I would say. And there was there was a big learning curve. There was one time I sent myself. I think it was like fourteen days worth of food, and I did every, like I sent the box early. I was like I got enough food for this stretch. I ended up doing the stretch in like five days. <laughs> <laughs> so I had like all this food, everything. Like that was my really bad. Was the resupplies was a big learning curve, and just mm-hmm. I've never hitchhiked before. And this was the first time I hitchhiked. And that was, that was something new. That was definitely, it was really nice to have the kindness of people. Um, But no, I've never tackled anything like this. So it's, when you're looking at a through hike, you're looking at, it's a lot of like resupplies, how you're going to get into town, uh, where you're going, um, all of that. Whereas I'd say doing like a hundred mile section, you're just planning for food and you know exactly where you're going there's, there's something that I've learned is in a through hike, if you plan, everything's going to go wrong. So you kind of just have to go with the flow.
0: (laughs) Just gotta be, gotta be flexible. Um, well, that's, that's really interesting that a lot of your focus on, on the stuff that you learned was related to, um, you know, the kind of resupply process as opposed to what I think, you know, I think most people would, would be curious what it was like, just kind of living out outside and kind of Um, in that environment
1: it that, that was also a learning curve a little bit. So I love the woods. I do a lot of solo camping trips and everything and backpacking trips. So that aspect was really easy, but when you don't have a home to go to or a shower all the time or laundry or electricity, I'd say there's, it's definitely, that's something to get used to for me. Like the one thing I missed the most was probably just being able to have a shower whenever I wanted to. Um, and just have like a roof over my head. I'd always be like, I'd get into town. It's either you look at a motel, hotel, but that's it depletes your funds really fast. Um, so a lot of times they'll allow like tent camping and all of that. Um, and that was that was a good alternative, but just not coming home and being like, Okay, I got my roof, I got my bed, um, on even those days you're in town is really weird. I'd say being able to charge your like your phone and power banks and all of that uh, that also got really tricky but there was in the towns a lot of people a lot of the people were super nice so i'd say i learned along the way that there's a lot of kindness out there even though you may not see it sometimes but people are willing to help out and i yeah that was that was a big learning curve too that's awesome
0: so we always like to like to talk about about gear a little bit on this mm-hmm. uh, on this podcast. What was the one piece of gear that you had out with you on this trip that you couldn't live without? That you kind of packed and and realized oh, yeah. along the way that you couldn't live without?
1: Oh, uh, it's my 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 quilt
0: that I have. Yeah.
1: It's it's my favorite piece of gear. It's by a company named Katabatic, Um and they were located I think in Golden, Colorado, but now they're in I think Salida. Um, okay. but but it's a quilt. Um it allows me to use it as a blanket or cinch the toe box up. And that that piece of gear from the weather fluctuations that you saw on this trail, it saved my butt so many times. I, I love that thing. I, that's I, awesome. I can't live without that.
0: That's awesome. You'll have to uh you'll have to send send Chap and I a picture of it and, oh, yeah, for and sure. we'll and we'll post we'll post that with the podcast somewhere. Well, that's, that's all I've got for you, Brandon. Um, if there's, if there's anything that, uh, that you want to, um, kind of bring any, bring any attention to anything you want to plug, um, you're more than welcome to. Um, but
1: if not, I got, I got nothing to plug. All I say is it's just, I love the company and what you guys are doing. Um, and I think that's, it's, Honestly, there's a lot of people out there who want to go backpacking and don't have the gear for it and don't have the money for it. And I think what, what you guys' as company stands for is pretty amazing and pretty awesome. So thank you for having me on. This is honestly the first time I've sat down and talked to anyone about the trip. Uh, it still hasn't hit me or anything like that. It's, it's weird. Um, yeah. You talk not, about
0: it pretty nonchalantly. It's like a 3,000,
1: yeah, it's like a 3,000 yeah. mile hike. It still hasn't, it still hasn't hit me fully. It's really weird. I thought it would, um, but it almost feels like a dream is what it feels like. And it's, it's pretty crazy, but I, I honestly, like, I, I want to get more about like what you guys out there. Cause I think more people who want to backpack, Um, The what you guys are doing is really, really awesome. But besides that, I don't really have anything else to plug. I just think if you decide to do a long distance through hike, just know that mentally it's going to whoop you, whoop your butt. But the thing is, is you shouldn't end on a bad day. You should kind of just go with the flow. Don't try to force anything. Um, And planning is, is key on everything, but just know that everything's not going to go the way you want it to. Um, But I recommend doing a through hike, uh, the AT, PCT, or CDT. Um, I think any of them will be good to tackle. I just don't think the CDT would be the best one for your first through hike if you've never camped before. If you've camped before, you're completely fine. But if you haven't, I'd go for AT or PCT.
0: Well, that's great advice, and uh, and I appreciate appreciate the kind words about what we're what we're trying to do over here wow. at over here at Rerouted.
1: Um, I, I love I love what Rerouted stands for, and I honestly I I can't say that enough. Like it's really you guys are doing something awesome. We
0: we really are trying to give give more people access to the outdoors and kind of lower lower the barrier to entry because stuff can get stuff can get expensive and that's- and. St- and once people got stuff sitting around in their garage, they might not uh, they they might not know what to do with it. But um, you know, you can buy buy, sell, and donate gear on Rerouted. So, um, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, check out Rerouted uh, facebook.com slash uh, Rerouted Co, Rerouted Co on Instagram, uh, get Rerouted on Twitter, uh, or if you want to talk to Chap directly, he is Chap underscore Chats on Twitter. On behalf of myself and Brandon, that has been Repotted, the Rerouted Podcast.